Welcome to Minor Details. Hey, hey, hey. Guess what we got? <laughs> we got some nice tunes. Them beats. Um, shout out to Kayoshi the Kid for making our intro and soon to be or soon to be heard outro. Mm. Don't skip ahead. Listen to the full pod. <laughs> but it's yeah. good. It's good. Uh, <laughs> man, I, it's been a while. Uh, this is Minor Details. Did I say that? I said that, right? I think you said that. Um, and this is a... Industrial Design Podcast by me and James. I'm Nick. You're James. Who are you? I'm Nick. I'm James. What? <laughs> oh my god. I don't understand it anymore. Uh, it's been a bit. We've it, has, been, uh, it's, it has been another little bit. Yeah, we've been busy. Yeah. <laughs> Again. But uh, We're busy guys. We're busy guys. How you been, James? Not too bad. Um, unfortunately, RIP to Jimmy Davis, mm, my, yes. my cat. Um, uh you know, that's always life. Tough. Life happens. Yeah. And uh, but, you know, he was a he was a, uh, a very positive, beautiful presence in my life for the past three years. And, uh, you know, Nick, I'll never forget when you came over to our apartment and brought us a toy for Jimmy. <laughs> I did. I brought you guys a cat toy. <laughs> and and he rejected it. He didn't want my cat toy. <laughs> Nearly immediately. It was here's, bad design. Here's the thing about Jimmy. Um my my wife allison rescued him so he lived on the streets for about two years yeah so when he saw your neon colored toy he was like that ain't real like he his favorite toy was a gray shoelace right that you know mimicked a mouse's tail yes. a rat tail yeah so he you know you can't play it you can't play him he, he ain't no yeah. fool well but rest in peace jimmy davis we'll miss you jimmy yeah but um uh, you know, other than that, I did a little bit of, uh, I did an Instagram takeover. Oh, yeah. Of uh, the Advanced Design Sketching um, Instagram. Shout out to Advanced Design Sketching. Let's plug the conference. Yeah. Square One Conference. It's coming up. What Do you know the date? Oh, man. I'll, it's right here. I actually have it right here. Uh, where is it? There it is. July 13th and 14th. 2018 this year chicago will we'll be there yeah james is doing stuff i'm doing stuff we're doing stuff we don't know what we're doing yet no and and <laughs> actually heck, we kind of do you've you figured out your topic right yeah didn't you figure out yours uh the vr yeah. stuff i don't really know exactly the details yeah but. isn't isn't that nice they put us right next to each other and the and the speakers oh that's nice yeah i'm first I, <laughs> <laughs> no <laughs> I'm just kidding. Oh, um, God. But yeah, check out Advanced Design Sketching uh, on an Instagram mm-hmm. um, and yeah. online. Check, you know, you can Google it. I don't know. So we'll, yeah, we'll link to it I think up again. until the conference, they're going to ask the different speakers to take over the Instagram. Oh, right. And you took over this yeah. past weekend. Yeah. So show so, a little bit of your process. How was yeah. that, James? It was good. I mean, so basically what I was doing was, you know, Reed and I 
um, are finishing up our watering can series. Yes. So I was doing my uh, my blob my blob form watering can, um, and uh, so I was just uh, you know. What was it, your blob form watering can? I forget. Was that the Loch Ness monster shaped? That, that was that's reeds. reeds. Okay. Yeah. What was yours? Um, mine is, it's hard to describe. It's kind of like a cone, but it's kind of, it's more, I would actually say it's more of a flow form and my flow form is more of a blob form, but we can, you know. <laughs> it's all good. Design. It's all good. Right. But, uh, but yeah, so basically it's like, it's kind of like a cone that, that comes up at, you know, and kind of uh, arcs over. Okay. And um, does it, it have little feet at the bottom? It has little feet. I remember that one now. I it, remember watching the live stream and yeah. I saw that one. It's kind of it's kind of alien looking. Okay. Um, and I don't know. It's it's just like it's one of those weird it designs. Has three feet? Does it have three feet? It has three feet. Sweet. Yeah. Did you know? Fun fact about three feet. I wonder if I've mentioned this already. I like to talk about this fact. Three feet. If you have three, if you put three feet on something, it never rocks. Right. It's always stable. Right. But. More opportunity of tipping over. It is easier it, to tip over than yeah. a four-footed or five-footed thing. But yeah, that's what I notice a lot about Mark Newson's furniture. It's like it's almost always on three feet. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. Because his one, what, like that aluminum, lounge chair. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That one, the Lockheed. Yeah, the Lockheed. I was thinking Lockheed like I was, I was trying to think of aluminum airline. Yeah. Yeah, but um, but yeah, a lot of his stuff is on three three feet and i was like oh yeah well that makes sense yeah it is like it's very it's stable but at the same time it's it's not right yeah but it like you know i know i know the pain i mean i've been to i don't know why it's happened to me recently a lot but a lot of tables at like cafes or whatever and having to shove a stack full of that's napkins. That's the worst. That's the worst, man. That's a that is a problem worth solving. That that would that's what we need to do is we need to figure out like a way you could, I don't know, three D print some sort of mechanism that, like, permanently attaches to one of those tables. Yeah. And then the people at the restaurant can never take it off. Right. <laughs> but it's fixed. It's fixed forever. That's some gorilla design <laughs> That's right there. Some more gorilla design. Mm. I love gorilla design. Have has anybody else put up your bird feeder? Have, uh, have I had gotten... to check. I haven't checked on it in a while. Check I've been busy. It. I've been in Yeah, what have you been doing? I've been Nick? in vacation. You've been jet setting. <laughs> no, I I mean, I guess half vacation, half work. <laughs> well. <laughs> um I was in California uh this past week for the AWE, the Augmented World Expo. Mm-hmm. Which is the uh, virtual reality, augmented reality, tech, uh, future. We're all going to live in the virtual computer kind of place. Yeah. Um, and of course, it's play, uh, located in Silicon Valley in San of Jose. Yeah. And uh, Gravity Sketch, who, you know, I think a lot of you guys know, but Gravity Sketch is the VR software I use to create my VR sketches. Right. Um, they really like my work and we've chatted a good bit. And they thought I would be great to come and speak at the conference uh, with them. And I said, yeah, of course, I'd love to go. Mm-hmm. So they flew me out there and I went and spoke, you know, to a good amount of people, maybe 100, 200 people in yeah. this little conference room. And, you know, I talked about Gravity Sketch, how I use it in design, how I um, kind of bridge the gap between sketching and CAD and how I envision the future of no CAD no sketching, just all in virtual. Mm-hmm. That's how I, I mean, I'll probably be dead by then, but <laughs> <laughs> that's what I imagine. 
uh, the future being like. Yeah. But let me tell you what that that expo was amazing because everything was in virtual reality. Like you could all you could put headsets on, and a lot of them were like augmented reality, like Google glasses. There, there were a lot of those kind of things. Yeah. Google Glass wasn't there, but there was like a lot of type of those. Is Google Glass even still a thing? I think it died. Yeah. But it spurred on like a bunch of other innovations, right? Right. right. The Um, Microsoft HoloLens. That that was there. I tried those out. Um, I honestly like VR better. I feel like the overlay of augmented reality onto, you know, normal reality. I mean, that's what it is. Um, is a little, it was a little distracting. Thanks for explaining <laughs> AR to us, what? Nick. My, James, no, my I, mom listens to the podcast. I think, I I think people actually, I, I don't know that people are aware as much of yeah. AR as right. you know, we might think. And there's other terms now. There's MR, which is mixed reality. Um, hmm. So that one's a new one to me. I still don't know it completely. How, what's the difference between augmented reality and mixed reality? I believe, I believe mixed reality is actually combining both vr virtual reality and augmented reality so it's like being able to wear glasses that you can see the temperature outside right like it's up located in your glasses and you can just read the temp and then all of a sudden you can flip a switch on your glasses and instead of your glasses seeing through to the outside world they turn into virtual glasses Mm. so like you can you know be in some sort of spaceship or something right that, so, that's my understanding of mixed reality. I don't know, I'm sure I'm so completely it's just, wrong. <laughs> it's just an AR VR hybrid. I, I believe so. Um, I I mean, I'm surprised. I feel like AR seems a lot more promising than VR. Really? In, in terms of like fitting seamlessly into our lives. I okay. Yes. Like for the for the general consumer, because to me yes. VR feels like it's very niche. It and I definitely agree at this point in yeah. in our lives like i think that augmented reality is this gateway drug into virtual reality i think we'll eventually transition all the way to virtual like kind of like we were saying on a previous podcast it's like eventually we're gonna live our lives in virtual world we're gonna like go to work work put on headsets work in a virtual world with other people mm-hmm. and then come home put on headset and like lounge in our virtual house I, I know that sounds silly to say. I James, you're laughing at me. <laughs> <laughs> that's the future, man. That's the, that's what I think. Yeah. Um, as soon as I got a flying car, I'll, I'll believe you. <laughs> we might be dead by then. Um, but but yeah, the conference was great. Uh, oh, there was a couple things that were kind of cool. There was this one like pod chair that when you sat on it, it would move to the v- virtual world. So. The example they had was a roller coaster. Uh-huh. So you sit on the chair, you put the headset on, yeah. and the headset, you're seeing a roller coaster. And then the chair moved to the roller coaster. Oh. So it really felt like you were you know, oh, riding a roller coaster. Oh, have you ever gone to the movie theaters and gone to a 4DX Yeah, movie? it was like that. It was like that, oh. but you can have it in your house. I, was, I went and saw John Wick 2 yeah. in 4DX, uh, and it was awful. Well, first of all... The fact that you can have water, theater water, sprayed in your face is like the most disgusting proposition at, I've ever heard. Right. And nowadays, like, it seems like some sort of legal thing, you know? Yeah. It's like, like back, how long has that water been sitting there? Back in the 80s, no one cared. No. Now, now like, people would be all up on, up in arms, like, oh, yeah. I'm contaminated. <laughs> A lot of lawyers passed the bar <laughs> since then. 
Yeah, it's um, uh, I don't know that whole thing kind of disgusts me. Yeah. There's like a certain well, there's a you... certain level of like <laughs> me being in something that I just don't care about. It's like it's the same thing of like all these. I remember you know it seemed like every everybody was about like. And maybe still, it's like fitness trackers and tracking just like every aspect of your life. It's like, I don't care. I don't want to know all this information. I don't need to know when the last time I clipped my fingernails was. Yeah. You know, you just don't need to know that no, stuff. No, I don't need the stats. And like, and like the same thing is like, I, I don't know. I just like, it, it's like when, I, I've talked about this before. It's like 3D animation versus 2D animation. I still... I feel like there's still something about 2D animation. That's you like, like that charm. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's beautiful. But uh, That means you're getting old, James. <laughs> it is. It, it does. And I'm, and I'm shouting at kids on the street is what I'm doing. Oh, man. But um, California is a nice state. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. <laughs> they, uh, they live it slow and easy out there. Yeah. Definitely uh, contrast in New York City, I think. Did you... I'm not going to say I would never move there. I, if I had a... Uh, I, I like New York City. I don't know. I, I enjoy visiting California. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. Um, but for some reason, I like. there's just not the energy that the city has, mm-hmm. New York City has. That's just my personal Just thing. wait until it spits you out. Right. Man. Yeah. I'm, I'm only, I'm only <laughs> nine months in now, so and we'll then see. You, and then, I mean, I've, we're planning our escape. We're, how, how long have you been in the city, James? Uh, I think it's coming up on six years. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's that's yeah. coming up on the. You're you're getting almost finished. You're in the <laughs> you've been in the oven way too long. <laughs> no, I I definitely I don't know. It it does feel like it's I don't know. Where I, are you escaping to? I might I might escape to California. Oh, you're going. You're okay. You know, it's uh, I just want that vitamin D all the time, all day. You gonna move out to L.A. Who knows? Oh no! Who knows? I I told my uh, I tell myself the next time I ever move out of New York is when there is autonomous vehicles. I don't want to drive anymore in my life. I'm done driving. Right. Forever. Right. Until I die. Right. I'm just. That gonna, is a concern. I'm gonna wait until Elon figures it out, and then I'll just buy a Tesla. Yeah. But my sister-in-law, she lives in L.A. and she uh, she Ubers. She like Uber pools everywhere. I heard that's and, a thing as well. And it's like, you know, it's pretty cheap. It's like, you know, if you get a good enough pool. Right. If you get a pool party going <laughs> in that car, you you know, it's not too bad. Well, you got to get the Uber pool, like the Uber pool, like express. Have you ever seen this? No. I only experienced it once and it only pops up sometimes. It's when it's an Uber pool. Uh-huh. And, you know, mom, an Uber pool is when that, when uh, you get in the, a car, like a taxi with yeah. another person that you don't know. And right, they're just going to the same general area. Right, I to explain it to everyone because you know, <laughs> <laughs> it's. Okay. I know you're looking at me, James. Like it's... I'm just like over-explaining. But no, um, the Uber Pool Express. You order an Uber Pool, so it's the same thing as an Uber Pool. Right, but since it's Express, or I don't know what they call it, they call it something else. You have to walk like two blocks to get like, uh, at the most convenient spot for the Uber you know, to pick you up. I think that's great. I think that's great even for just like general rides. It's yeah. like there's sometimes where you look at like where the driver is having to like circumnavigate to <laughs> right. get you, to you, where you, you are. You live at like the end of a dead end street. Yeah. And it's like one way. And or like, yeah, you yeah. just have a bunch of one ways and, and they have to like make a bunch of weird turns to get to you. And it's like, I can just meet you here. Um, but I, Nick, I have to tell you a story. Yeah. 
Because at my last job out on Long Island, mm-hmm. sometimes I would work late and I would end up taking Ubers to the train station. Okay. And one night I called an Uber and I walked outside because it said the Uber was there. And I and I looked was across the street. A guy on a bike. No. Oh, darn it. It was a limousine. What? Yeah. You're living that high life. <laughs> so I, I called. He was, I think he was calling me and I was like, hi, I'm outside. And he's like, yeah, I'm at, I'm here. And I was like, are you the limousine? <laughs> and he's like, yes. And I was like, is this cost? Is this going to cost me extra? And he said, no. That's so amazing. I, it was Uber X. Like it was like base level Uber. But I got a limousine. Like I just wish that like a CEO, like the CEO was like walking out at that time. Oh, that's so awesome. Me getting into a limo <laughs> as like a junior designer. It was ridiculous. But yeah. Wrote writing in style. Oh man, one one day we'll all write in style. Yeah. Once once Elon yeah, figures we'll... it out. <laughs> um, but yeah, that that was my past week. I've been to California and back. So do you feel like? Do you feel? How do you feel about VR now? Like now that I experienced the bleeding edge yeah. of virtual reality, I feel the same. I think it is the bleeding edge. I you think... don't even feel more invigorated. No, I think well. <laughs> I feel really invigorated when I saw that like pod thing, like that thing I could sit in. And let me tell you one thing. I, and you know, maybe, maybe this is expensive to you or not, but those pods, it, it was like a, it looked like a half of a dome. Yeah. And you just sat in it. Yeah. And it moved. It only cost twelve hundred bucks. That's not bad at all. And that's what I thought. I was like twelve hundred, like not twelve thousand. I was sworn that it could have been like you know, twelve, like in the multiples of thousands. So what you're telling me is that you ordered one yeah. on the spot. Yeah, what I'm telling you is I'm gonna have to eat ramen for the next <laughs> two months. So, uh, no, yeah, that's it's so funny. And I saw another thing that you had seen, which was like kind of like this weird like treadmill like thing. I bet that one. I didn't ask how much that one was, but that one definitely cost like fifty grand. Yeah, that one was a treadmill where you could walk in any direction, omnidirectional. Yeah. In VR, yeah. So no, it makes sense because right now, if you're playing, if you're playing a VR game, like it's not like you can walk. Right, you have to stand still and then move your character with like a joystick. Or right, something. which is actually a problem in the virtual realm. Um, you know, I've played a few VR games, and when you can't connect a movement to your physical like body, it makes you sick. Mm. And it's just a, it's just a. A side effect of virtual reality um and that's why they're trying to solve like walking and stuff right um yeah in virtual reality because it, it's your mind your mind thinks you're walking because you're seeing it but right your body's not walking so you it just tricks you up and it, right. you get sick right. and i've gotten sick before it's not good <laughs> <laughs> like how sick not like too sick it's just kind of like your car sick and then you just like take it off and rest <laughs> yeah. take it off take a oh, quick nap snuggle up with your blankie I get it. I gotcha. I'm there. But, uh, Nick, we have a big topic to discuss today. A big topic, a yeah. A big one. What is it, James? Design research. What is it good for? What is research? Design research. I don't research. You don't? No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> no, no, I, we're, we're joking. I, I think design research is definitely a good topic. Um, and, you know, I think there's a good debate around it. Um, 
I don't know. Tell- how, how does one define design research? Yeah, yeah. So design research, in my mind, and kind of what I learned in school was there's all kinds of tools you can use in design research. Um, we took an entire class called t- contextual research, which was essentially design research. And we learned how to essentially, you know, collect data to enhance our designs, you know, to validate our designs. We would, you know, learn how to interview people um, about products. We would learn how to create prototypes and have them play with them. Um, we would learn how to get non-biased feedback. Um, we would learn how to create surveys so that people could, you know, test our ideas and then, you know, fill out a survey. Mm-hmm. Um, we learned how to just observe. Mm. Um, so that, you know, that was kind of my design research education. And I think design research is a very important aspect of design. Um, but I think there's another, I guess, argument to be said about, is it like the most important? Is it the mm-hmm. most important aspect of design? Mm-hmm. Which, you know, I think sometimes people tend to think it is. Yeah. They think it's like this holy grail and it'll give them all the answers. Right. And I don't know, maybe that's a that kind of what we want to dive into today, but... I don't know. What was your kind of background in design research? Our, I, I would say that I was uh, looking back. I think I'm maybe a bit disappointed in my design research education. Okay. I mean, research was like very much at the, at like the forefront of a lot of the projects that we worked on in school. But, but the, did you have like a class for design? Research? We, ha- we had a design. Or was it like studio like studio class and then research yeah. was a part of it. Like, did you have a soul class? Yeah, no? we, we had a design research class. Okay. Um, but it was, you know, it was mostly about like putting together matrices of products and then like, oh, like mood boards or like, no matrices. So like, you know, I, I, I do it quite often still as like matrices of like, you know, uh, you would have an X and a Y. Oh, like beginner, like is on the left side and then pro is on the right side. Right. And like the beginner vacuum is like the, the dust buster and then pro is like the dice. Or like, yeah, like simple or yeah, like simple or, you know, I don't know, like complex. Yeah. Right. Like, or mm-hmm. just whatever you, okay. you put it on the axis and you sort of, I mean, for us, it was about finding like opportunities. Of oh, like, I see. Of like spots where things were. Right. So you saw that there was a lot of like, ugly like clusters there's a lot of ugly pro vacuums yeah aka dyson yeah oh (laughs) i'm sure some people think dyson's are beautiful you don't you don't like dyson's i no i i think their engineering is uh you know impeccable like it's a beautiful beautifully engineered product i think aesthetically they need a little help especially with their color material finish i mean purple vacuums do they really belong do they really belong Mm. in our house i don't know that's another that's another conversation yeah I don't know that I, I agree I some, with you. I hope I get some hate on that one. I don't know that I agree with you there. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but yeah. And then, I mean, some other things we, you know, we did, um, we did interviewing, we did um, like trend research and things like that. Right. Like market, there's like Google. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, we were, we were assigned to like go out and I think we were like photographing like storefronts and oh, things okay. like that to do trend research. Okay. Um, but you know, I I just I find myself questioning research a lot. I think 
and, and maybe it's because like I don't find much use of for it in my personal like side project work. Right. Right. Where, but you know, when it comes to like selling something mass market, I understand that it's like, it's basically a way of saying like, you know, we've done the legwork and this is what we found. And so this is why this is a worthwhile investment to do this. Right. Um, Have I told you about my, my one research um, for uh, like freelance project where I completely like, did I tell you about the baby pajamas? I think you, I think you did tell me about the baby pajamas on the podcast or on the podcast. Yeah. So you did all this trend research and they were like, yeah, we know all this stuff. Yeah. 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 Uh, I think, yeah, we already discussed it. Yeah. Um, but I, you know, the thing with research is that in school, I was taught at least it was like part of the process. Like you're in school and they teach you design and they're like, design is a process. First you start with research, then you sketch, then you prototype, then you CAD, then you produce the final product. And that was it. Right. That was like the process. And like you didn't skip a part of the process because it'd be silly. Yeah. Um, but I think there is definitely kind of what you're saying, James, this room for, um, you know, research is a tool, just like sketching is a tool, just mm-hmm. like the the process isn't a rigid process. Yeah. You know, just, just cause you know, a client comes to you and says, Hey, I want to design, you know, a new water bottle mm-hmm. doesn't mean that you can leave out sketching but it doesn't mean you have to like use sketching i mean maybe there's a different medium to to do design yeah design's ambiguous yeah no i i i agree with you there i just um yeah i just i feel like you know it's something that you said in one of the most uh in one of the recent podcasts nick where it's like um i think you were saying this on the podcast that you're basically like putting ideas out there on Instagram, like as, as an individual putting ideas out there on Instagram and just getting that feedback. Right. And I think that I, I'm kind of wondering a lot about design research lately. Like is, is what we know to be design research a result of the fact that like years, you know, even just like 10, 20, even kind of now with certain items, like it takes a long time and a lot of investment to get to the final product. Right. And so like, you know, that's, it's like a lot of money at stake and all of these things. And to get to something that you can validate is, is kind of, was kind of expensive mm-hmm. back in the day. And is, is that a large part of why the design research process is so rigorous Ooh, that's an interesting question i i see what you're saying because like you know back 10 you know 15 years ago there wasn't the robust like key shot there wasn't the a good way to really um test like 3d printing you know 3d printing has been around but it's there wasn't a good way to just make something and test it yeah um but nowadays there is i mean you can render up a sketch, you know, you can cat it up really quickly and render it out in Keyshot and see if people like really think it's cool. Or you could 3D print something on the fly. You don't even have to think about it. Just like print the thing that's maybe an idea, maybe it's not. Maybe yeah. it's a failure, maybe it's a good thing. Yeah. And test it. You I, can do it in a day. 
I think I think the abilities of rapid prototyping now are pretty astonishing mm-hmm. and, and 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 pretty fast. And it's like you can validate something very very quickly. Yeah, with your pen project, man, you were printing and changing <laughs> those prints on the fly. Like, oh, it was magic. How long did that those pen caps take to print? Oh, like twenty minutes. Yeah, easily. Man, that's fun. Oh, so much fun. It was so much fun. And like, yeah, so I, I just kind of wonder if if design research needs an update. Yeah, I think it does. I think, well, I think it does. I don't know yeah. if that's the right thing to say. But, um, you know, for me, design, like, like kind of like what we're talking about, like, didn't, didn't Mark Zuckerberg have this kind of thesis of move fast and break things? Yeah. It was like, just do stuff. Right. Don't research. Don't figure out like what people want. Like just do it and then test it. Yeah. See if it works. See if it doesn't. Yeah. And I don't know that this is true of everybody, but I think that like, I think that as you, you know, as a designer, as a developing designer, you also develop a sort of intuition about Mm. certain things where you're like, no, this isn't going to fly. Right. You know, and and I, but I also believe in, in, you know, I guess it's more of my side project mentality of being more of a, like, I don't know. I don't want to say artist cause that's pretentious, <laughs> but it's like, I want to be more about an individual putting forth sort of like my view of yeah. an object. And I completely understand. I mean, it's your side project. It's yeah. what you're doing. For yourself, it's a passion. Yeah, but I kind of you, believe James. You do what you do. You want to <laughs> do what you want, James. Do whatever you want. <laughs> but you know, I we were told this story in college of, like, you know, especially where I went to college, like, you know, OXO and smart design were were just high high level marks, right? But the thing about OXO as a as a product. Is that and, it, and just to clarify, Oxo. Oxo is a kitchenware company, yes. and they have all those like really grippy, like really comfortable kitchenware, like the yeah. comfortable like apple peeler. But right. continue. Yes. So the the interesting part about that project to me, and and sort of how I'm carrying it into my side project work, is like that initial product was designed for one specific person in mind, and that was the founder's wife who had arthritis. Yeah. And so he solved her problem, thereby solving everybody's problem. Yeah, and and that's a good aspect of research, right? Like, you want to look at the extremes, right? Mm -hmm. If you can solve a problem for... Uh, you know, a wheelchair user, mm-hmm. you know, solve a problem for a lot of people. Yeah. I mean, people like pull carts around or have luggage, like, you know, just your average Joe Schmo, you know, it's actually, I was listening to, uh, was it 99% Invisible? Do you mm. listen to that podcast? No. Well, it's another, design- <laughs> <laughs> it's another design podcast. Um, but they were talking about curb cuts and mm-hmm. curb cuts are, in the sidewalk when you're about to cross the street right there is that little ramp that goes down into the street so you can walk yeah. across smoothly without having to step over a curb and they were made for people with disabilities like right 
that was their initial intention, but they help so many other people. Right. Just like the example with, you know, OXO, the, the grip, you know, the apple peeler or whatever they were designing, you know, they designed it for this one person in mind who had arthritis or maybe some older people yeah. who had arthritis, but it's comfortable to use for everyone. Yeah. I think universal, the, the idea of universal design is right. one of the, like the richest parts of, uh, at least like for inspiration in terms of design. Yeah. Cause the, the LG competition phone that we did, um, that we won the LG competition with right. was the prompt was a universal design prompt. And it, we got the prompt to design a smartphone with, for somebody with one arm. And that was really interesting. Have we talked about this? I, I mean, think we, we mentioned we, it. we talked a little bit about this and I don't know that I'm legally allowed to divulge <laughs> the details, but, but yeah, I mean, you know, it's an interesting prompt and it, and it forces you to be really creative right. about, and it's, it's a research process that I really find fun where it's like, okay, I'm going to like put my, like tape my arm behind my back. Yeah. Or that's something, a fun activity. Yeah. You know, and like live an entire day. Right. Or, you know, and then like try to use my phone. Right. And, and how difficult is it to, to plug in a charger, to like plug in a charger to a phone and then plug that charger into the wall. I mean, now we have like, you know, this was, this was years and years ago, um, seven years ago, eight years this ago. This is when you were school. This is yeah. school project. But you know, we don't, we didn't have like charging mats back then. That was like a concept at that time. But, but it, you know, it brings up a lot of really interesting questions. Um, but I think like in this world of social media, I think that it broadens the, the type of research that you can do, mm. especially in regards to products that you are personally pushing forward. Right. I tell you what, Instagram polls, amazing. Yeah. Game changer. <laughs> I, it's so powerful. I, I remember when the Instagram polls came out. And, you know, this is where you could, you know, create a Instagram story and, you know, select which, you know, put a little button up and say, like, hey, is this design good or is this design bad? Yeah. Or, like, which design do you choose? Yeah. And you could put two options up there and have the public vote. Right. That being said, and I've heard you say this in stories on your Instagram of, like, I'm the king of my Instagram. I'm the king of my products. <laughs> I mean, there is. Oh, I do. I do. I so I gotta make a confession. <laughs> I have a confession to make. A lot of times, a lot of times, especially on my Instagram, and sometimes when I'm just like chatting with friends, I'll ask questions that I already know the answer to, just to hear what they say. Yeah. I already know yeah. what. I already, the design's already finished, guys. Yeah. The design's done. Your well, vote doesn't count. <laughs> Well, that that being said, like you know, the whole I thing of you. like I'm crowd sorry. crowdsource design, like I feel like it's it's good to a point. It is, yeah. It's it's good as a reference. Yeah, and I think maybe that's the key to this whole design research thing is that design research is good as a reference. Yeah. It's good to empower you to design. That doesn't mean it should drive the design, though. Mm-hmm. that's my opinion and you know you can think what you want but yeah you know when you really reel it back it's like did did when they created the first camera phone mm-hmm. was there any research that said hey people are asking for cameras 
and phones together. Yeah. There really wasn't. I mean, there yeah. might have been a few people that were like, oh, this would have been a dream. But it wasn't a big, like, push. You know, people were like, oh, I wish I could talk to my mom in Europe or whatever. You know, like, yeah. it was things that were related to the phone or like, oh, I wish my camera had smaller lenses or, you know, it was things related to the camera. Yeah. That was the research. Yeah. That's where I sometimes think that we should be more individual individuals and say, like, this is this is how it's going to be because this is how I want it to be. Right. And because I do feel like there is this there's this thing that when you look at product development and product evolution from from 100 feet away, like it's basically like watching the evolution of species. Right. It's like you're seeing like, oh, well, people actually did like that thing. And right. so that carries through. And it's Survival like, the oh, people like that thing. So, you know, it's right. like it's like you're passing down the best traits to the next generation of product. Yeah. Um, and and because it, it's kind of like the Steve Jobs, Steve Jobs quote, or maybe it's not his quote. I don't know. Don't quote us on quotes. <laughs> Except you can quote that quote. You can quote you can quote my made up quotes, but don't quote any other. Oh, quote. you should do some more of those, James. I miss those. Sorry. Um, it's the Steve Jobs. You know how Steve Jobs said, "Like people don't know what they want until I give it to them." Right. Or something along those lines. Until like, I give it to them. Yeah. It was something like that. It's like. Well, yeah, and I mean Henry Ford had a quote of, "If I asked people what they wanted, they would say faster horses." Exactly. Right. You know, so. I feel like there's a place for like sort of the visionary. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I think the best for me, the, the best thing about design research is the inspiration. Cause sometimes you need, you need the inspiration. You mean like design research as the one tool of design research you like to use the most is taking inspiration. Is that what you're saying? No, I'm saying that that design research itself, like it can just illuminate something that uh, you didn't that you didn't consider. Right. So like your grandma's in the kitchen and she uses the old uh, spatula to scrape the oven and voila, you're just <laughs> invented the new oven cleaner. <laughs> right? Yeah. No, okay. But I, I remember I, I remember one of my professors saying and and this might be another misquote, but I, I believe what he said was the hardest part about design is making decisions. That's like, all design is. Like, but designing itself, yeah, like designing the thing isn't so hard. Like you can come up with a lot of designs. That's true. But the hardest part of that is deciding which one. Yeah. I have this good friend. He told me any everyone's Is he dead? <laughs> no, no, no. I'm he's sorry. still alive. He's still alive. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I did act like it was like this like <laughs> secret thing. Um, no, my friend Gabo, a close friend of mine, uh, you know, I mention him a lot in my, my stories and things, FDN studio lab, check it out. Mm-hmm. Um, there's my one shout out of the week, James. Oh, I know you always, finally. you get a ton of shout outs every week. I got to do <laughs> at least one, right? I got to pay the bills. Nick. <laughs> um, he told me, uh, everyone's a designer cause design is just making decisions. Mm. You wake up in the morning. You make a decision to put on clothes. You make a decision to make your breakfast. Yeah. Here's the here's the thing though. Here's the thing. Everyone's not a good designer. Oh, here we go. Okay. Because I was just gonna say, <laughs> I don't agree with that. <laughs> uh, but I think 
I, you know, I think that's a good place to to uh, pause because because all of these topics we could we could continue we could to talk ramble about. on forever. So this I, is essentially what James and I talk about all the time. Yeah, off the pod, on the pod, doesn't yeah. matter. We just ramble <laughs> on about design research, how we hate it. <laughs> so let's let's pause. Let's pause. Should we answer some questions and answer some questions? Um, Every week we like to ask you guys to send in questions. You guys always send in great questions. Thank you all for emailing us. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we can't answer them all, but we did get some good good questions this week. And we had one question come from an anonymous person. Uh, they wanted to remain anonymous. Oh, I um, see. This is kind of a fun little question, James. They they asked, they were kind of asking like, what what do you think about relationships into the design field mm. you know there i think i believe they were dating someone who was another industrial designer or maybe they were dating someone in the design field um maybe they're about to graduate school maybe they're kind of out of school and they're like you know do you see have you ever done uh or have you ever had a relationship that was in the design field and you guys wanted to collaborate or maybe start something i mean mm. like you think about charles and ray eames of Eames Furniture. Yeah, I think everybody... There's there's a lot of romanticism around Charles and Ray Eames. There is. And, and you know, there's a whole... There's the there's some truth into the... There's some ugly truth, probably, down, yeah. down in there. Yeah, there's um, some flaw... There's, there's always flaws in romanticizing anything. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, Charles and Ray Eames, they produced some amazing... Some amazing work. Right. They were they were great collaborators. I think also uh, the Vignellis, right? Massimo and uh, I, don't, I don't know her name. Uh, that's terrible. We're oh, terrible dang, people. Dang, we'll have to edit that in. Yeah, <laughs> we'll just put it in like <laughs> it'll just be like <laughs> cut it. Massimo and yeah, robotic. Um, but um, I think I think it takes a, a special kind of relationship. Yeah, I to, I don't know. Like, do we have advice for this guy? Like, I, well, he, he's or or she. I don't. Know, I forget. Um, they they were asking. Another... They were asking in particular about marriage. They were asking about marriage and design because because I'm a married man. You're a married man. Yeah, but my wife is not a designer, but she has impeccable taste that's i will say that's a very good thing and she she also i I, okay there's a couple things i don't like my entire life to be design like i really i do i really love (laughs) i you'll burn out i i love i i love design I love design and I love talking design, but there are moments where I like to shut it all off okay, because nice. I need I need to recharge. And I'm also a pop culture whore. Right. And I love to just indulge pop culture. Right. And I am the opposite. I don't recharge. I just design 24-7. <laughs> yeah, it but, shows. But, <laughs> but I think there's, you know, obviously, you know, we're joking around, but... Um, but what what I, what I was gonna say is yes, James, continue. Um, I've totally derailed this conversation. <laughs> the the other the other great aspect of it is that I feel like instead of living with another designer who is who can be wrapped up in the romanticism of ideas, uh, my wife can very honestly tell me as like the consumer, like this is 
this is good or this is bad. That's that's a good wife right there. And I feel like that kind of grounding is something that I need. Yeah. You need you know? a person that can tell you if your D is good or bad. Yeah. Because usually when you date someone, they're like, uh, you know, infatuated with your ideas and like whatever. You know, it's like <laughs> well, only if you're dating you Nick Baker. Oh, whatever. <laughs> um, but uh, I don't know. How do you feel about it, Nick? Yeah. I. Well, uh, news alert. I am dating a, a person who's involved in design. Uh-huh. Um, and she's, she's, alert. she, well, I don't know if I really, hot off the presses. Really, here we are. <laughs> Nick Baker. I'm going to run into a telephone booth. Give New York times the scoop. Yeah, I don't know if I've disclosed that I'm dating. Um, but yeah, she's, she's, uh, nice and she's, <laughs> I, I, um, she is involved in the design world, uh-huh. uh, pretty heavily, not technically a industrial designer. Uh, but very close to the industry. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think it's definitely a, a good relationship. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know how much I need to go into this, but <laughs> I think, okay, well, I'll, I'll reel it back to the question of like, how do you balance like, you know, relationships in design? And I think it's, it's a really good question because, um, you know, in school I've dated around, and dated other creatives and tried to do collaborative projects um, and done one successful one at least. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, you know, mixing personal life and design is, it can be tricky sometimes. Yeah. Um, not saying that it's something you should not do or do. It's just, you need to be cautious. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe if you're going to marry this person, uh, it, it's it'll be worth it, but maybe you know if it's something more frivolous, then I don't know. It's to, it's all dependent on the relationship. It, it is. That's a tough question to answer. Yeah, um, and uh, you know, I certainly, I certainly saw like my fair share of like stu like like from afar. I didn't really have any studio romances, but I saw other people going through them. And I would not wish that upon my enemy. <laughs> the problem, here's the problem, here's the problem, right? Because you get into the situation where, you know, inevitably one person is better than the other at design, especially if you guys are in the same field, right? Mm. You, if you do anything, it should be complimentary. Like right. one person should be able to do like fashion and one person should be able to do hard goods and you guys collaborate on a backpack. Yeah. Amazing, right? Perfect. Or, or even in industrial design itself, like maybe one of you is more mechanically inclined, mm, where yeah. one of you is more visionary, right? Like, and that could work as well. But yeah. the problem happens is when like one person is like good at industrial design and one person is bad at industrial design, <laughs> and they try to collaborate, and then it's like you critiquing your, you know, person, your your significant other, and it's like. Yeah. Uh oh. Yeah. This bleeds over. This yeah. bleeds over to the relationship. You guys are fighting. It's a disaster. <laughs> but it sounds like from from what this person was saying that they've got a good thing going, and it's like as long as it's good, it's good. Yeah. You know, you're young. Enjoy life. That's yeah. all I gotta say. Yeah. Um, <laughs> great question. I I appreciate you sending that. It's a good like, a good uh, I don't know. Fun question to answer. Something a little yeah. different. Something yeah. a little fresh. It's it's definitely something unlike we've we've answered before. So thanks for sending that in. Yeah. Um, 
And then we had another question come in from Irva, and they say, I'm a second year industrial design student from Turkey. I wanted to know what you guys think about form follows function. Ooh. Um, that's a great question. And then they go, they go on to describe kind of like uh, whether we agree with that. Um, do you guys study and research mechanisms, electronics, structures, etc.? Um, yeah, what do you guys what do you guys think about uh, form follows function? Oh, they also said. By the way, I really admire James's sketches. No, your and yours and James's sketches. Oh, I didn't see that. Okay. They 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 admire both of our sketches. Okay, so I guess they just assumed that they were talking to me when they <laughs> sent the email. <laughs> But, yeah. But anyways, yeah. Uh, great question. Form follows function. Yeah. Um, yeah. That is something that I am very. Oh, uh, you know, it's it's great tonight. You along it? along you with it, along with design research and form follows function. You're like it. James is feeling it right oh now. Oh my gosh. So I feel like form follows function is. Mm. I don't know. I, I feel like I could start a flame war here because I I don't agree with form follows function oh, at all. Wow. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. I I mean obviously like the form has to accommodate the function. Wow. I I was on I was on the bus and the bus just left you at the bus stop, James. Mm-hmm. I was on the form follows bus and I just was like waving. <laughs> I was like, James, you didn't get on. Bye bye. Bye. <laughs> That's what happened. That's what happened just now. Well, uh, what I what I feel what that form follows function lacks is is quite a bit to be honest. I feel like it lacks joy. I feel like it lacks delight. Okay. I feel like it lacks meaning. Okay. You know. Yeah, I, I think maybe we need to step back and like really kind of describe form follows function. You know, for me, form follows function is like. You know, taking an object, whatever you're designing, maybe it's, you know, a lamp or a chair and understanding the the function mm-hmm. of that. Right. And then using that function to describe the aesthetic. So, you know, taking the lamp, understanding that you have this light that beams open, beams on and off. And how does that describe the aesthetic? Yeah. See, I I always associate form follows function with just like minimalism mm. in general. So maybe more you f- you feel like form follows function is more of a literal like transition I like, of yeah. I feel like it's it's accentuating utility and accentuating function. So so form follows function in your mind is like a like a lamp that has a literal like light switch like just glued to the side of it essentially. Mm. Not necessarily. I I feel like form follows function is uh, a like a a sheer rectilinear desk with four legs. Mm, okay. With four like you know uh, square extrusion legs. Right. You know. Okay. And, so yes, I would agree. I would agree. Yeah. Um, but that's interesting. And I feel like you maybe have a strict definition, and that's why maybe you are turned off by form follows function. Mm-hmm. Oh, I mean, what, what about this? What about form inspires function? No, function inspires form. Uh huh. What do you think about that statement? I don't. I don't know that I necessarily even agree with that. I feel like all of my designs 
build off that statement. I'm having a, a epiphany right now. <laughs> I feel like all my designs are inspired by functional. Th- well, I I personally have this design uh, philosophy of taking inspiration from the mundane, from the function of life. Mm-hmm. You know, from the your light switch, you know, on your wall, from your um, flip phone. Well, we don't have flip phones, right? Anymore, but like from from some sort of you know mundane functional aspect mm-hmm. in celebrating from from your straps that strap down your truck you know <laughs> that's yeah how I but like you celebrate. turned it but you turned it into first of all if i were designing a chair i would not design the fat strap chair <laughs> like if i were form follows function i would not arrive at the fat straps so i feel like there's like oh. you took you took inspiration from uh, I took inspiration from a function that wasn't related to the form. Yes, and I feel like that's different. And yes, I agree and, with you now. I the, understand where you're coming from, and my philosophy is different. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and that's why I think things like your fat strap chair are really interesting. Right. Because it's not form follows function. I mean, there is something beautiful about like a pure object. Yeah, I mean, we talk about like you. You want to get into Jasper Morrison, you know? Well, Jasper Morrison, I feel like he he's pure, but he also I love the book and the um, the uh, the thing that he did with Naoto Fukusawa, the supernormal. You know, I love Naoto Fukusawa. He's, he's my favorite designer. Because uh, I feel like what they do is they take really mundane things and they add just this little surprise. Like mm. this little, like, they're... I think Naoto does that. I don't think Jasper... You don't both, think... Both of these guys, for those who aren't familiar, Naoto Fukusawa is Japanese designer. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jasper Morrison, is he British? Mm-hmm. Um, they're both really um, prolific designers, you know, older and, you know, have been in the design industry for a while. Um, both have a very, like, what's the, like, word? Like, very, like, utilitarian design, mm-hmm. but utilitarian in a very beautiful and refined way. Mm-hmm. I think Natu does a little bit more of a surprise Mm-hmm. Um, than Jasper. And that's why I refer to Jasper as the form polish function guy. Because mm. he's the one to just make a chair out of aluminum, but it's like the best aluminum chair you've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Whereas Nata Fukusawa is the guy to like make a chair out of wood and it's like, oh yeah. wait, there's a little surprise. Yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like there are examples because I remember reading something that naoto wrote about jasper's work and it's like he has jasper they're they're lovers yeah yeah it's like uh it's like hemingway and fitzgerald but um but yeah i mean there's that there's a lamp that uh jasper morrison did that's kind of like it's kind of like a squished ball Mm -hmm. yeah and and naoto saying like like loving that because you know it's like if form follows function like maybe you would just, or you're like strictly simple and functional. You would just do a sphere, right? But he made it into that squished ball form, which gave it okay immense character. Right. I understand. I understand now. I understand I think, where you're coming from. I think James. there's with Jasper, there's simplicity, but with character. Yes. To me, I am so obsessed with adding character and like 
you know, to, to designs because I see designs as sort of characters in my play of right. life. Yeah. You aren't the designer to say, I want my designs to be in, invisible. You know how like yeah. Dieter Rams was always like good design is invisible or yeah. I don't know. Good design is like unnoticed. You yeah. are the guy who's like good design is enjoyed. Good. Yeah. Good design is delightful. Right. You know, I, I think I think I get most of that from Marcel Vonders, and I've talked about him many times on this podcast. Right. But I but I think that his I don't necessarily love everything he does, but I think his his uh, his idea behind design of like, you know, modernism is you know or simplicity is stripped of all of its joy and meaning, and it's like. Like what's wrong with a bit of decoration? What's right. wrong with, with with something that's a bit, I don't know. It's uh, it's a bit unexpected. It's a bit like childish almost. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I I think I want to I want design to be as playful as my process. Yeah. Is. And I'm on board. I'm on board that bus, James. Mm-hmm. I'll get on that bus. I Good. think I think maybe we just had different understandings of form follows function, but um, yeah, you know, I'm on the bus of like, I'm inspired by function, yeah, to create my form, right, and it doesn't necessarily have to be related, right. Um, that's kind of my take, and I like your take too, just being like, hey, add some delight in there. It doesn't have to be so rigid. Yeah. Um, we had some good questions this week. Please send your questions to minor details podcast minor minor details podcast at gmail.com mm-hmm. um and of course you can check out all the images and things on our website myerdetailspodcast.com um and shout out again to kyoshi the kid uh check him out on soundcloud we'll have to link to it um we're still kind of working out the uh the, you know all the logistics but he did an amazing job on our intro and outro yeah. we finally have like an intro and outro yeah it was very exciting and uh it was awesome working, like going back and forth with him. Yeah. He's very talented. Yeah. Cool um, guy. He has other great music too. Yeah. So definitely check that out. I don't know. We haven't really like discussed, like we should definitely like figure out like what we need to shout out for him. Does he have a Spotify? I, I'm i not sure if he has a Spotify. He we'll definitely has we'll a SoundCloud. We'll figure it out. Yeah. Definitely but, uh, a SoundCloud. Yeah. We're excited to be working with him now for our uh, intro outro. And yeah, I mean. Check us out on Apple Podcasts. Leave a review. Subscribe. Yep. What else, James? I just forget Google stuff. Play. Google Play. Yeah. Um, and not Spotify. We don't have our podcast on Spotify. Still no. I don't think it's ever going to happen. Yeah. But that's okay. You yeah. guys are hearing this and you're listening somehow, <laughs> right? <laughs> and we really appreciate it. We do. Thank you so much. We do. Um, yeah. I guess until uh, uh, next time. Yeah. I'm James. I'm Nick. And I, I, I'm at I draw on receipts. Oh, right. Yeah. Shout out our Instagrams. I'm at Nick P. Baker. All right. See you guys. Bye.